Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony Denardo. With me, we have Jim Rosati. And with us, we got Neil on this morning. What's up, Neil? What's going on, guys? Good to see you all. It's been a while. It has. Mm-hmm. Nice to see you as well on this beautiful 7 o'clock Monday morning. Yeah, I feel like we've we've seen a lot of you with your your movie, your new movie show with, with yeah. Doug. <laughs> no, but yeah, it has been a while since so been on with you. Yeah. Even though like we were just complaining for an hour and 20 minutes last time so it's a pirate yeah. show yeah pretty much yeah 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 i think i said at the beginning like yeah this is gonna be like the pirates <laughs> disappointing with a lot of expectations <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah no yeah. it's been good sweet so uh i mean we bring you on just cut to the chase here we bring you on because <sighs> talk of the town pirates fest this weekend uh, we were talking about a little bit last week, right? There's a lot of stuff before Pirates you know, Fest happened that, mm-hmm. first off, a lot of people were very excited for. And then mm-hmm. it triggered people, and there's a lot of bad bad blood there for, for a day, at least on Twitter. But Pirates Fest happened. Um, you know, we saw a lot of things taking place. We figured, let's bring you on, because you attended. You were there, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, maybe like talk to us a little. I mean, just first off, just talk about it returning because you've been to Pirates Fest beforehand as well, right? Yeah. So I, I, I've never been to one before. This is my first oh. one. Okay. okay. So Perfect. It's not growing up in Pittsburgh, and you know, school always started around that time. It was hard. To, it was hard to escape for a weekend just to go to Pirates Fest, but no, it was it was cool. Um, I think you mentioned on like the Fort Friday that like Twitter is not real life. It, it, it was basically like that. Like no one was angry. <laughs> there was a whole lot of kids there. Uh, <laughs> he was. Uh, it was a good time, you know. Um, I, I think, would agree. Like I think. I, I think it's a good. People. What do you say? Yeah, yeah. Like going going back to what you said. Like for for twenty four hours there, Twitter was kind of upset. But like the people who are going to Pirates Fest, they're there because they're hyped about the team. They're excited. Mm-hmm. They want to see the players. They like that. They're they're they're. It's a genuinely happy bunch of people. Like people aren't going to Pirates Fest to be miserable. Yeah, like there were a couple like boos for like when like Travis Williams and Ben Sherrington came out like right before the Q and A. But besides that, like everyone was having a good time. I think the think the biggest complaint was that there were just so many lines. And I think that's because, and I don't know if anyone would have heard about this, but there was an RV show in the convention center the same day. And the pirates wanted the bottom floor of the convention center, which I guess is better, bigger. I guess it's okay. uh, more spacious. And the pirates could not book it over the RV show. So the RV show got uh, got yeah, priority. the RV show got, got priority yeah. over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to one of those RV shows. They are legit. I thought it was actually like really cool because you walk over like a sky bridge to where like the actual Pirates Fest is and you just see like this huge ocean of RVs and it, it was honestly kind of cool. To, like I didn't get to go down, but I, I was impressed. Yeah, those those boat and RV shows, they're pretty, they're pretty, they're pretty fun. But yeah, back to Pirates Fest. I I remember so I haven't been to Pirates Fest in years. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, I haven't, I haven't lived in Pittsburgh in a while. The last Pirates Fest I went to was at the Carnegie Science Center. Oh, which wow. is a smaller venue than mm. the convention center. So that's that's the one thing I most remember about Pirates Fest are just the lines. Yeah. It's just you're waiting in line to get to every single thing. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's a payoff at the end of the line. But yeah, I remember mm. I remember as a kid, tons of lines. Yeah, like it was like, you know, the kids' autograph line because, you know, after the huge outrage about only season ticket holders mm-hmm. were getting auto sessions. And then they said, actually, no, uh, you know, we're going to have ticket line. We're going to have uh, autographs for kids all day for free. And that line, I was there from like when it was most crowded at like 10 a.m. till like 3 p.m. That line never shortened. Yeah. It was that long the entire time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad the kids seem to enjoy it, but I think I would have gone crazy, like waiting in like an hour long line to get a Colin Holderman autograph. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, I, I, I get that. But I think the, the big, the big, the big, um, you know, the big, the cool thing about Pirates Fest, you know, like I said, there's the lines, but like on a positive note, like everybody's there. Like you're just, full, you're, you're just surrounded by 
people who are like-minded of individuals. They want to see the pirates win. They're huge pirates fans. So um, I, I guess, you know, were you able to meet up with some of, you know, some people there? Um, yeah. You know, overall vibes of, of kind of everybody in attendance. Yeah. And the first thing is like, you know, like, it is a really nice friendly events. So like, you know, you're, you're chatting with like random strangers while you're waiting in line. You know, we talked, we were talking to this like one group of people who were telling us like all about their like, spring training visits and how excited they were to be there. But yeah, no, um, you know, I got to see a uh, Connor, you know, f- um, writer for Bucks dug out there. Um, mm-hmm. I saw the uh, guys uh, from a uh, bridge to Bucktober podcast. I saw, um, the guys from around the 412 podcast. So yeah, no. It, and then I also just got to see some personal friends. So it was a really like fun time. Like I got to meet some new cool new people. Like the the podcast guys I met were super friendly. They, like they were really cool to hang out with. Um, and you know, and talk with as you know you listen to the Q and A and they kind of give their non answers. Um, yeah. But I mean, no, it was and I didn't. <laughs> I, I would say like if I was a kid, I would have eaten that stuff up. Because even though the lines were long, you got to like, you know, Connor Joe was like pitching balls in like this little like mini baseball field that you could hit. You could try to throw a pitch as fast as you can. You, um, you know, we saw Brian Reynolds out by like, they had like a bunch of Xboxes set up and PlayStations mm-hmm. and you could like play Madden or the show with them. And that was really cool. You know, I don't, I don't yeah. know if anyone struck out Brian Reynolds, but, uh, <laughs> in the show, in the show, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be kind of fun like playing playing video games with players um mm-hmm. i guess talk to us though so the q a was a pro- kind of a big a big talking point going in they yeah uh, they were pre-screening questions but it sounds like based off of the questions that they took you know they 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 didn't just pick all cupcakes like they 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 picked real legit questions that people want answered and then on top of that you know they all the outrage was for not they they did open yeah. up questions to the to the general audience so i guess talk to me about that in particular what were kind of your main takeaways what were some good questions what were some good answers yeah well first i'll say is like I, i'm impressed because that q a session was like 50 minutes long like they took they it was yeah. about a 50 minute long and a part of it is because you know these are politicians who filibuster for three minutes on every single question but like it was actually it was well done you know they took hard questions they did allow the audience to speak and i was talking to people like friends i I thought it was like just normal that every team had like a pirates fest type thing they got to have a q a with the front office owner and but no that doesn't happen in most other places and so you know kudos to you know them for doing that every single year because that can't be easy (laughs) you know just to be up there for 50 minutes but um you know i think one of the best ones, like the most transparent I've ever heard Ben Sherrington was someone asked about Andy Rodriguez, you know, getting hurt in winter league ball. And he's like, and I learned like, you can't say no to players if they want to go play winter ball, if they've been healthy all year. Okay. And that was really cool. Um, You know, you learn some stuff like they talked about. I know the big thing going around is that they're top five spending in development. Yeah. I, I, I heard that answer and it's like, yeah. I don't I don't know how don't they know got there. <laughs> so like yeah, they didn't like explain how they quantify that. Mm-hmm, no, but like if anything, that kind of just raises the expectations for them. Like hey, we better see some like good players next year. Um, I really liked uh, Derek Shelton getting asked about lineups, and like okay. you could just see like the look of pain on his face because he has to answer that question every single day. <laughs> Did I, I think his response was, I, I change the lineups every day so the Pittsburgh sports media has something to talk about. And like, that was really like, that's funny. <laughs> that's, um, a, that's, a, that's a Neil approved answer to Shelton apologist over here. Yes. I, I was oh, laughing. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's how I would respond. So I, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of liked, I, it was nice to know that my boy Shelton <laughs> does that. But, um, He's just like me. <laughs> and uh, you know, the payroll questions were the payroll questions like, you know, uh, well, we spend money in places. Um, I guess it was nice to know. They said, like, <laughs> I guess I guess they do read Twitter because Ben Sherrington was very adamant that uh, they do offer multi-year deals. It's not off the table, <laughs> but it hasn't come to fruition yet for whatever reason. So but the expectations got raised for me now because, you know, top five in development, they offer multi-year deals. And so I'm like, okay, well, let's see it now. You, you, you've spoken yeah, it. it done, right? But no, it, it was, it was a pretty good Q and a, I was impressed. 
Let me ask this too. I was wondering, um, because I mean, going into it, we heard obviously, well, it's not what you heard. You saw them put out there, like submit your questions. So that was part of the initial outrage is like, Oh, it's all going to be, you know, screened questions and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So like of those 50 minutes, you said there's about 50 minutes to Q and a, I'd say about 50 minute Q and a, yeah. How much of it was like given questions they're reading off and then how much of it was like from the actual audience? It was legitimately about half and half. Like they started out with like, basically they kind of came out and did like, all right, we got a ton of requests, like a bunch of repeats. So that, and so Greg Brown's up there, like first four questions, all like pre-screened questions. And after that, it was legitimately like every other question was an audience asked thing. So like, I think by the end of it, like there were probably 10 different audience asked questions. And I think that's pretty good. Like they, and they got like 20 or so questions in. And I mean, some of them were kind of like, whatever, like, I don't really care what they, th- if they think that this team's a playoff team next year, I would hope that they do. But like, it, there were a lot of hard questions. And one question even had Ben Sherrington stuttering because it was, he was being pressed on pitching development. And that was, that was really funny. But um, what was no, the answer was there? What? <laughs> what was the answer there? I did see them get asked about like, um, about like, especially velocity drops with, with some of these younger guys. Yeah. So he didn't go into any specifics. He was just kind of like, we've had those same discussions um, we also noticed that our, our, a lot of our young guys took steps back this year. And so we have to go back and understand like how to reload and get them fixed for the sprint. So it wasn't really like anything substantial, but I don't expect Ben Sherrington to tell right. us, you know, what, yeah. what the process is. I, I, I don't blame him there, but it was At nice. Least we know they recognized it. Yeah, no, it was good. <laughs> you know, and like it, he had he even had to acknowledge that some of the, his players were kind of bad last year. Cause like, the, the actual names were dropped, and so he's like, "Yeah, like, so guys like Roe and uh and Ortiz like need to be better next year," and that that was cool. At least they don't think that. I guess with that, what's nice is you know because because of just Marine and and the pitching mm-hmm. development and the kind of you seeing a pattern of these pitchers losing velocity. You almost thought, like, is this an organizational thing where they're telling mm-hmm. people to not throw as hard? So it sounds like that's not necessarily the case. No, I, I know. That, I, I think I know like, that they were trying to get Ortiz that they like a little softer for control reasons. But like, I don't. I, I think Rowanzi. I, I don't think anyone knows what happened to Rowanzi. So <laughs> it's it's a weird situation. Yeah. But no, Q and A was really it was well done. And again, like I, I I'm a big, I'm biggest Ben Sherrington criti- critic, but um, that was the most transparent I've ever heard him. Now he still gave his GM answers and like you know when mm-hmm. he doesn't actually say anything for a minute, but it was it was good. I was impressed. All right, so give it a grade. Give 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 your first ever Pirates Fest a grade. So, if I was a kid, it would be an A. Okay. All right. Um, as an adult, it's and I I say like it should be for kids, you know. And you mm-hmm. got to see some cool things like you got to see Ryan Barucki and David Bednar carve watermelons. And that okay. was, oh, yeah. it, it, there was, there was some silly stuff like that. You know, um, there was like a coach's corner. There's like the players were active and that was the cool thing. Like there were players just everywhere. Um, but I would say give it a B and if yeah, I would take my kids there for sure, I probably wouldn't go back like just by myself, like just for like myself again, but like, cause I, I got it once, but it was a good time. And especially good. if I have kids, I would definitely take them. It's a, it's a, a kid heavy event, but I think that's, the, that's important. <laughs> even if uh, childless autograph collectors were upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> Raising a new right. generation of, uh, of idiots, too. So. It, it, child abuse, yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> that's good to hear. You know, I, I like that pers- perspective because, again, like we said, Twitter isn't real. You saw the outrage and such, and mm-hmm. whether it was mostly warranted or not, you know, the people that were actually there attending, good vibes, as well mostly put together product um, and a lot of people, a lot of people too. Like I also, my biggest mm-hmm. takeaway too, is I wondered if they were expecting whether well, it was like over 20,000 tickets that were. That were yeah. Sold. It, sold. it was weird. It was weird because like Jim, I know you said like there was lines. I don't know if like they anticipated how many people were going to come or they don't have the space. They can't physically find the space mm-hmm. to hold that many people. But like, um, it was it was good regardless, but even despite the lines. But I, 
you, you would like to not have to wait 30 minutes to like fill up a pirate's charity swag bag that you pay $30 for, <laughs> you know, did you get one of the, uh, the mystery bags with the baseballs? I did not. Um, but uh, my friend who I was there with, he was quite distraught. He spent $50 and got a little crow and a Rob zombie baseball. <laughs> uh, Rob's is tristy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. And you know, I was, I think that was my, I was, I was having so much fun with that on Saturday. Just that was incredible. The, and I, I, I get all being pulled. I get the outrage. Like I really do. But honestly, like, I think it's kind of the charm and like two minds. It was very obvious. Mm-hmm. The pirates were just dumping <laughs> just their baseball. trash. Like, <laughs> their trash. Like yeah. it was very clear that they were dumping their trash. But on the other hand, I think it's a, kind of like a funny, it's kind of like better and kind of like funnier if you say, yeah, I, I got on the Pirates Fest, got three Will Crowballs and a, <laughs> and a Heath Hembry, you know? <laughs> right. Because I, I, like, if you just yeah. got like, if you, if you just got like, I don't know, um, if you just got a Yeri De Los Santos baseball, like that's whatever. But I think mm-hmm. like it's kind of like a better story and it's funnier that's, you know, people are pulling four different like Heath Hembry. Like I forget the article. Um, there was there was one I saw where it was a Heath Hembry and three Will Crows. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I would be upset because they were charging twenty five dollars per mystery ball. Yeah, and that's a lot. <laughs> I was more upset that I missed the mystery jerseys because I would rock whatever fit, crappy player they gave me. Yeah, for fifty bucks, you know. <laughs> I, I think oh, that absolutely. Would, I would much rather spend fifty bucks and get a Will Crow jersey opposed to twenty five and get a baseball. I'll say that. Yeah, I'd rock yeah, a Will Crow jersey all day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you know, I, I but the jersey sold out within like the first half hour. I think I was like ten minutes late, and I was there. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was one of the first people there, so it is. It's okay, <laughs> but yeah, a little a little disappointed. There he is. Well, Neil, appreciate you coming on talking yeah, about yeah, thanks, your little Neil. adventure there. Yeah, of course. Hope hope the rest of the show goes well. And so yeah, well, would appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, have All fun right. at work. All right, everybody. We're, we're gonna say we're gonna say bye to Neil. <sighs> yep. Bye, Neil. Bye, bye see you guys. <laughs> well, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. So I could good to get that perspective. You know, and again, it's good if you took just Twitter to get with the vibes where a pirates fest, you would think it was a complete failure. But overall, again, really good event. Great for the kids. I know a lot of people that were there had a lot of fun. Um, and right, I mean, just players everywhere, the interaction, good stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's just kind of important to note, too, that, yeah, I mean, 10 loud people on Twitter doesn't really matter, right? You got you got your people who are loud on Twitter, and I'm, I'm guilty of being loud on Twitter from time to time about certain things. Uh, but yeah, Twitter's not real life. Once you get a bunch of Pirates fans in one place, like they're just going to have a good time. Right. And like you said, 10 loud people on Twitter opposed to 20,000 actual people at the event. Yeah. With their kids. Of those 10 and, people, how many yeah. even went? <laughs> now, I'll say it was definitely exactly. more than 10. But regardless of, of all those people, do they even attend? Probably not. They're the ones that were just pissed off about whatever, right? Because yeah. you got to be mad about something. And now, again, I understand some of the concerns. They went, well, well overboard on most of them, but um, yeah, again, I just, I really do. I just deep down feel as if the pirates were not expecting this turnout, which I think again, like it's, that speaks volumes to me as well. I think I t- I'll talk about this a little bit with Fort, like just and maybe not this part, but this is, this isn't a team that's coming out of the playoffs. It's not a world series team. Like this is a team that, that finally broke fifth place and there's 20,000 people lined up to get into the doors of this event like it kind of speaks about the city of pittsburgh the fans that are here and still present waiting for (laughs) waiting for a productive team to come out there well i think and and you're right like there's there are pirates fans in pittsburgh like pittsburgh is a baseball city i don't care what people say like there are pirates fans they want to see good baseball and if the team rewards these these folks with good baseball like they're going to they're going to wrap their arms around this team. I mean, we saw it in the the mid the mid 2010s like home games were rocking at PNC yeah. Park for for 3 years there and um it was it was fun. It was a good time. It's going to be uh, I'm looking forward to that happening again. 
hopefully this coming year is the year that you know we finally start seeing some good baseball again but yeah this town is starved for good baseball like they want to do sure. something in the summer and they want to watch their pirates at the best venue in the entire like that that's the thing they got going for them too is like they've got the best venue for for watching baseball in the entire sport like mm-hmm. just put a half decent team in there that's competitive and people are going to show up they want to go to the games yeah for sure. But yeah, so good stuff. Um, but we do have to do a little trolling, right, Jim? At least a, a little, little bit. bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, we did write it, you know, you did. You posted the article about the mystery bags and <laughs> being full of trash. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, come on. So, so again, some of these things, it's like, c- come on. This is so piratey. This is where the pirates can't get out from themselves. Three Will Crows and a Heath Hembry autographed baseball in in 2024. Yeah, like I I understand. Like if you're going to do a mystery grab bag type thing, right, with baseballs, like you're not, like not every ball is going to be, you can't expect Andrew McCutcheon, Brian Reynolds, Brian Hayes, O'Neill Cruz. Like you can't expect those type of players. Like maybe there's a few of those thrown in there, you know, that, that you can get. But you also shouldn't expect to get like like there are people saying they got Roberto Perez like Roberto Perez hasn't been on this team in in well over a year. Heath Hembry, people people are getting a uh, Harleen Garcia dude never threw a pitch for the Pirates. <laughs> right. He couldn't even hold a baseball, but apparently he was able to sign some. Like that's that's where we're we're at with Harleen Garcia. So but you, you know, get- at least with Harleen Garcia, he was an actual Pittsburgh Pirate. Like he was on the payroll. Five he was on the payroll. Ago. He never like at wore least a jersey. That, like at least he like, was on payroll five months ago. He wasn't designated like, for assignment like two and a half years ago. Like, did he even have a number? Like, I, he had a number because <laughs> he was on the forty man. But like, like nobody knows are, it. Yeah, only like, person no knows it is is Ethan. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's it, that's it's just one of those things. It was it was just funny to see. Like at least yes. at the very least, there are forty guys currently on the roster right now like can we please have the autographs be one of those 40 guys or at least like a prospect or two like have some prospect autographs thrown in there i saw somebody pull a termar johnson autograph baseball like oh really probably a couple of those in there but yeah like throw in throw in players like that throw in players in triple a and double a like don't if you're spending a hundred dollars on mystery bags and you're 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 left with Will Crow and Heath Embry. Like, what what are we doing here? And that's and again, I understand. Like you said, like you can't just expect Andrew McCutcheon after Andrew McCutcheon autograph baseball, right? But if you spend a hundred dollars on twenty five dollar mystery balls, and you get Heath Embry, Heath, I'm sorry, Heath Embry, Will Crow, Will Crow, Will Crow. The amount of those, like, the, what are the odds of getting three Will? There's a lot of Will Crows. Out there. there shouldn't be that many Will Crows in this in this thing, Jim. There should Will, not be that many Heath Hembrys and Will Crows. Available. Will Crow and Heath Hembry seem to be like the they were the they were the main guys. It's all got Anthony and Anthony Bonda signed picture. <laughs> yes, <Anthony laughs> that was Bonda. one of my favorites too. I was like, Anthony Bonda hasn't been a pirate since 2022. Right. That that like that, that shouldn't be a thing. And like, if it yeah. is, it should be the the like the the story of three people. Like, holy hell, I got a Will Crow. This is hilarious. Not almost the norm. And that's where you're getting at. Like now, it, it appears as if you're just getting rid of your trash. Like we have all these baseballs. Like the the Harlan Garcia one's hilarious too because it is it just screams the, as those. if like we planned on doing something, but he didn't play. So we have all these baseballs now. Here you go, kids. <laughs> I just find it funny because like he literally the reason why he didn't pitch is because he couldn't grip a baseball, but apparently he could, he had a grip long enough to be able to sign some for Pirates three days in in Bradenton. They showed up for, (laughs) but yeah, outside that dude couldn't hold a ball. Right. (laughs) Maybe he had somebody like holding the baseball for him. He was signing. Yeah. So that's funny. So it's like, yeah, when when you when you talk to people like Neil who are there, great great turnout, good stuff. When you're on the outside looking in, it was what the hell are these mystery bags? 
Yeah, it does seem like everybody who was there had a good time, which is to be expected. Like, you're not going to Pirates Fest to be miserable, right? If you're going to Pirates Fest, you're there to have fun. Yeah. You're there to see other Pirates fans, hang out with people, see the players. Like, it's a it's a festival. Like, it's a, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a fun time when you go. Um, I, so I haven't been in a while. Um, I do need to kind of make my way back at some point here, but um, yeah, I'm glad that they put it back on. That was the first time they've had it, I think, since 2020. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 uh, I'm happy they did it. I think they probably and, saw this year too that like it's something that they need to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, again, like the reason that it wasn't there every single year was dumb. But what I want to say too is, and not only just back but like at the convention center too not at pnc park or the science center as when you attended and it was you know, awesome like a pre- the and, science and center, i understand though. it seemed as if they're fighting with the rv show but still mm-hmm. in like a pretty nice area to hold an event like that i mean pnc park's a nice area to hold it but i don't think you can do this type of stuff that you can really do and do you know at the convention center with that many people especially so it was nice that i was back at the convention center as well i felt yeah I haven't really done anything ever at the Pittsburgh Convention Center, so no, I don't really know the layout. I think it was once at like a went to like a wedding reception, maybe there one time or some sort of reception, but yeah, nice. <laughs> well, at any rate, so uh, there's Pirates Fest. Glad it was back. A lot of people had a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, anything else you want to? discuss no sounds like i said sounds like it was a good time so let's get on to our baseball talk for like the next five minutes and call it a day uh nothing happening in pirates world (laughs) Uh, i guess well i take that back something officially happened in pirates world that we've already talked about and discussed for a month's time but the pirates did officially sign a pitcher so Martin Perez is now officially a pirate, Jim. Yeah, they did officially announce their move. They made a corresponding move with it. Actually, before we even go into this, let's just do our quick ad read. Um, Today's show is sponsored by Chris Gates Fitness. Chris is a friend of the show, and he's an online fitness coach from Pittsburgh. In addition to being a massive Pittsburgh sports fan, he works with people all over town and all over the world to build muscle, burn fat, and improve their health and fitness. Chris is currently running a massive sale for one-on-one online fitness coaching. So if you're looking to make a change in 2024 with your diet, exercise routine, or establishing healthier habits, now is a great time to sign up with Chris. When you work with him, you get a fully personalized training program, nutritional strategy, and one-on-one support every single step of the way to achieve your goals. And the great thing about online coaching is you can do it on your own time from anywhere in the world and get even more support than a traditional personal training session in the gym. Now through January 10th, so that's Wednesday. Now through Wednesday, you can get 75% off your first month of coaching. Just make sure you mention North Shore 9 when you apply. Um, again, I've been working with Chris for, for well over a year now. Um, he's, he's done wonders for me. Uh, so like I said, definitely, uh, I, I can't recommend them enough. But if this sounds all good to you, head over to chrisgatesfitness.com slash coaching to learn more and submit your application after you apply. Chris will reach out to you directly to talk more about your goals and what program might look like for you. One more time, apply by January 10th. That's Wednesday. You get 75% off your first month of one-on-one online fitness coaching. Mention North Shore 9 when you apply. Visit chrisgatesfitness.com slash coaching. All right, Donardo, you can continue. Let's do that. So back to the, the move, right? So like the Pirates officially make Martin Perez a Pirate. And of course, in doing so, we talked about like the this whole roster crunch, right? Um, they have to DFA someone. The expense of Martin Perez is Max Krennic. Um, I felt like a lot of people were, it was very mixed, you know, why Max Krennic and such, right? Like there's other, like other people you could have DFA'd and such, which also is true, right? But like, I guess my take on this is just talk about the Max Krennic part. Good teams have to make tough decisions, you know, and if you're a good competitive team, you're going to start releasing players that have like some intrigue to them, you know, and I can get the intrigue with like Max Kranich, but unfortunately when you look at it, he's a 26 year old pitcher, most likely reliever, right? Who just finally just 
starting to see MLB. He's so far in the depth chart. And it's like when you're looking at the future, right? Like we understand like pitching is a very, very big need for this team right now. But Max Kranich is in like one of those that's going to fill that need. And we look at the future, like the future is coming and Max Kranich still really isn't part of that. So losing Max Kranich to me, whatever, you know, and it's not because of the player. Like I hope he latches on somewhere and maybe find some success, but this team can lose a Max Kranich to get better. Yes. Um, I, I like Max Kranich actually as like a relief option. Not as not so much as a starting pitcher, but right. I think his stuff plays well in the bullpen. The problem with Max Kranich is, like you mentioned before, he's 26 years old now. He has thrown a grand total of uh, like 35 innings in the last two years, spread out over all 43. of professional baseball. So yeah, no, that's 43 major league innings. I don't think he's there total in the last two years. Oh, of, my bad, of Tommy my bad. John. So years, yeah. Yeah, so like the guy just hasn't pitched in over two years, basically. Um, who knows what he is now? I did see him in Bradenton make a rehab start um, back back last year, but um, like he has no options remaining. So if you're going to carry him on the forty man, if he doesn't make the opening day roster, you're doing this move anyways. Mm-hmm. And like, what were really the odds of Max Kranick making the opening day roster? Like he was definitely on the outside looking in, I think uh, like things would have had to have happened for him to make it. I think with the limited amount of playing time over the last year and just the uncertainty and, and the fact that he's probably a relief pitcher, he's, I mean, we'll find out here probably by Wednesday just from, from waivers, but I don't, I don't know who out there is, picking up Kranich like maybe he's a good fit for the A's like the A's just kind of maybe need a need a need a starter and the, so they just throw Max Kranich out there 20 times this and year they're already taking all the ex-pirates yeah so, I know, mean the, it's the either Oakland, the A's or Japan it seems like yeah everybody who the pirates are dropping off their roster is going to Japan or Oakland like one of the two so I could see that maybe being a potential fit for them um, if they've got room on on their roster but I don't think it's a huge loss Okay, he's a righty reliever. I think the stuff is fine. Um, I would prefer him not to get picked up, right? I mean, make him a non-roster yeah, course, invitee right. to spring training. Like I would, I would prefer that to happen because I think there's still something there with him. Um, but it's just one of those casualties of a roster move. You you pick up a, a major league starter. You've got to drop somebody. And l- really looking at the list. You could probably drop a few position players, but if you wanted to stick it like a pitcher for a pitcher, this this sort of makes sense. Just not having an option is kind of a big deal here, I think. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. Like you said, like the option is the biggest thing too, because like this is probably an inevitable move. If it wasn't happening today, it's probably happening when Russ was being set to come up to Pittsburgh. And uh, and here we are again, right? So like just do it now. And I think you might have a better time sneaking through now than you would. <sighs> Ethan, Ethan, always correcting I us. I love you. I, Thank you, Ethan. So Ethan says Kranich, <laughs> will get a fourth, Kranich will get a fourth option. So apparently he's he's going to have an option. So thank you. So then there's that. Me. So I guess that changes some things, right? Like he does have an option. So now it that's, does. that's yeah. really not part of what's factoring in this play. Yeah. Um, still, though. Again, just still, right? It just seems as if he's just so far down the depth. Like, I'll put it this way. You can talk Alika Williams. And trust me, I have. Like, Alika Williams is on a 40-man roster. He's a terrible, terrible baseball player for the most part. But you know what? He is really good defensively. And this is more of an indictment of, like, Ben Charrington in his middle infield right now. I'm okay with him staying on because honestly, there's not one player in this middle infield that can play defensively at shortstop, like including O'Neill Cruz. We're not sure at all about him. So like, at least he can do that, you know, where it's like Max Kranich is just another guy in my eyes. So that's why, again, like I'm, I'm pretty much okay with him. And you know what? You can, you can find someone, a Max Kranich will get DFA'd in March by another team. There will be there will be fifty Max Kranich. So there there will 
you will have is the pick of the litter when it comes to 26 year old right-handed swing men who don't make rosters. Yeah. Like they're, they will be everywhere. Max Kranick and his potential replacement in a few months will be flooded at Pirates Fest with autographed baseballs will be flooded at Pirates Fest in 2026. That's, there will be a ton of Max Kranick balls next year. Yes. <laughs> so, so be prepared that. to spend $25 for a Max Kranick autograph in a mystery bag. For sure. But yeah, so again, not, not go too deep, I guess, into this, but Max Kranick, I'm fine with. But again, like I, I don't think he's just awful and yeah, good I'm riddance. For the guy. He'll probably catch on somewhere, and I think he could find some success in a bullpen somewhere. Yeah, I think I think there's I think there's something there. Cool. Um, so outside of the actual pirates news, was there anything else you want to touch on, or just get back just get into the Sean and I signing a little bit? Yeah, you know what? I can't really think of anything. I, I think the, kind of just going back to Pirates Fest, some stories that came out of there. Um, Henry Davis is having a busy off season. Um, you know, from from uh, from some reports between. Uh, uh, Alex Stumpf did an article for DK Pittsburgh Sports. Andrew Destin did an article for the PG, uh, both based around Henry Davis. So um, it sounds like he is uh, bulking up quite a bit this offseason. He's getting ready for kind of a full season of catching. Uh, so that that is a thing, and it's happening. Uh, he is basically splitting his time between Washington State, uh, where Driveline is located for his uh, his hit you know batting practice uh and Bradenton for catching practice so he's he's racking up some miles yeah I don't think you can get yeah, much fur- I don't think you can get much farther away from each other when it comes to the lower 48 states but um he is uh going back and forth working on hitting working on catching uh and and sounds like he's fully prepared to uh to catch next year so that that is a thing that is happening whether we we think it was or not, like like Henry Davis is going to catch next year from the sound of it. Yeah. Um. Again, this is offseason talk. Like everyone you hear is in the best shape of life. There, here's what they're doing and such, right? But there's like there's always something to take away from it. Um. And I guess my thing is, we knew that guy is just a dog. Like he is going to work to get better, and it sounds like he has every intention right now to do that. He knows his flaws, you know, and what, what's what's kind of nice, too, is I think he kind of fits this mold a bit, you know. And this is also why we talked about getting rookies up because everyone is like so afraid that, well, you can't do it because if they struggle, you'll just completely ruin a person. And I think we're more in the belief of people need to struggle to learn and develop. And he's probably one that's never struggled in his life. And he got his opportunity now to struggle last year and say, hey, I need to take a step back and see. I need to think, do things differently and, and X, Y, Z. And so maybe it's kind of nice that you know he's doing that. And we already know how much of a hard worker he is. And now he's like, I can't ever have failure again. And I'm going to work even more. So I'm going to go to Washington, the state of Washington, and then go to the opposite corner of the United States and go to Bradenton back and forth and do these things to make sure I can do both next year. So uh, so yeah. And and it's cool. It's like he's working with all the pitchers too. He's there with Quinn Priester and he was talking about like how him and Quinn Priester and like being together is helping Quinn and stuff. So yeah, it, it's, it's just nice seeing these things happen. Will they translate? We'll find out, but it's certainly nice to see these things are happening right now. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's always nice to, to see progress. We won't actually see it until, you know, until he picks up a bat and puts on catcher equipment, but it sounds like they he's at least, you know, he's putting in a ton of work this off season for sure. So, yeah, um, yeah, and again, there's like some tidbits of Quinn Priester too. That's kind of encouraging, but again, we'll find out in spring if it matters, right? But yeah, outside of that, non Pirates news, um, you know, another pitcher off the board, Sean Manaya signed over the weekend, two years, two years, twenty eight million dollars, I believe, was the deal. Yep, um, with the Mets with option. Two years, twenty-eight million dollars with an option with the Mets. So, just another pitcher that you know I feel like could have could have slotted in quite nicely with the Pirates rotation. Um, I thought I thought Manaya was going to get a three-year deal, which, which I guess you know with the with the option, it kind of you know makes it the ability to have that. But yeah, he gets two years, twenty-eight million dollars, well within the Pirates' price range. You gotta you gotta think, uh, kind of right in line with 
with all those other pitchers that that you would have liked to see them in the mix on. So uh, another one off the board. It's just uh, the list of available pitchers keeps shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. Uh, I know we had Jason on last week, and and you know he thinks that he you know he still thinks that the the next ad from the pitching staff is 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 probably a trade. So it almost has to be like there's 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 still some guys available there but not a whole lot of game changers that you expect the pirates to to be in the mix on so right yeah we'll see what they have plans on doing i still think they like they have to add one more guy it's just one of those things where you hear stuff being said both sides of the mouth right and i think ultimately no matter what they did in free agency i think ultimately a trade made sense just because like you just have to almost you have to start purging some of these prospects. So do it to get better. There's certainly needs in the rotation. So it almost makes sense that that's how it's going to happen, right? But then like you hear like he's at Pirates Fest and talking like, hey, we're offering multi-year deals. So who knows what that means? Are though? you L- like, like, like they could have okay. offered Benaya two years, twenty million dollars? That's a multi-year deal, but it's not a competitive but, offer. But what, what I'm mean? getting at is like a trade makes sense. So are they also are they trying to add two more pitchers? Like one ver- ver- one via trade, one via free agent contract? I don't know. You know, yeah. um, I guess that's where I'm at. Or is like this multi-year deal maybe an outfielder? I don't know too. Like it could be that also. True. Um, you know, we we try to offer set Harrison Bader a two-year $15 million deal and said, hey, we're offering free agents multi-year contracts. I don't know. Um, but at any rate, yeah, that's what's interesting to me as well because I think a trade is inevitable. But he's talking, saying like we're offering multi-year deals and such. So like maybe there's still even much more out there. We'll find out. Uh, and with that being the case, Manaya would fit that mold of you know mm-hmm. a player that you offer a multi-year deal to who's not there. And like you said, it just gets slimmer and slimmer. You know, and again, it, it's not it's not so much to hit the panic button like this the season's over because Sean is gone, but they need a lot of pitching depth. You keep seeing one go, keep seeing one go, keep seeing one go. The pool becomes smaller and smaller, and you start becoming a little more, you know, worried how the, how this offseason's going to look. Yeah. And they they were finally linked to some people over the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't really talked about it on here yet, but uh John Heyman uh mentioned that they are "Quote unquote in the mid tier starter market," um, so so those are your Manias, right? Um, and he, again, he actually right. mentions and he mentions James Paxton by name, kind of as as somebody there. Um, Heyman also says that um, Carlos Santana, you know, there's there's some interest there in bringing him back, which I'd be all aboard right now. Uh, he had a, he had a really nice kind of bounce back year last year. I and he'd be an upgrade over Rowdy Teles, like let's, for sure. So I'm 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 good with that. He makes the roster um, better today. Yeah, he makes the roster better. Uh, good way of putting it. And then also my guy, who I've kind of been been clamoring for a bit this offseason, Michael A. Taylor, uh, Robert Murray, uh, reported the Pirates are among quite a few teams that are interested in in Michael A. Taylor. Um, I think this just fits really well because like he would he would shore up that that outfield defense. You know, offensively he's. He's there's not a lot there. He's got power, but the glove is so good. That's where he's going to provide his value. And then also, like by signing a guy like that, you get to move Sawinski to right, where you just feel a lot more comfortable with him there. Um, you know, he doesn't have the greatest arm, but you know, just from like a range standpoint, you know, him and Oliveris patrolling right field together, you know, platooning righty lefty. I feel like that could be a really nice option. Uh, and and having Taylor kind of just run around center field doing his thing. I mean, the guy's a gold glove defender out there. Uh, so that would be, yeah, that would be great to have. I'm with you. You know what? I totally forgot about the report. Totally forgot about it. So that, that certainly is something, um, you know, obviously the Paxson going that route, but like, let's talk about Carlos Santana a little bit. I mean, him returning, it's just, I guess, and that's what a lot of people talked about as well, you know, and we did it internally. It just adds to like this plethora of like right field, first baseman, DH. Like, like why was Rowdy Telez added? Yeah. There's just a lot of guys that like, there's a lot of parts right now, and we're not sure where they all fit. But at any rate, I'm not going to say, well, don't sign Carlos Santana because of that problem. Like, well, you just sign him and then listen, Telez was only $3 million. You can eat that if you have to. You don't want to, you know, but like things will work out. Yeah. Don't not get Carlos Santana because you went and got Roddy Teles. You know what I mean? 
Right. Or like, I mean, you sign Carlos Santana and all of a sudden it makes, it makes Connor Joe or Edward Oliveris very tradable. And, and those are both bats that teams, the teams would want to have. So, I mean, you can get something for those guys. Yeah, that too. I agree. So I do like that. They're still, I mean, we have it on our ticker still, like this is like very early in the off season that they're interested in a possible reunion with Carlos Santana. And we almost thought maybe that boat was gone now with all the moves. And now they're talking about it still potentially there. And I think yeah. that would be great. I think it'd be great for like O'Neill Cruz and other players as well. It'd be great for O'Neill Cruz, the person personally, right? But I think yeah. also defensively for sure, because I wasn't too keen on having like Roddy Telez at first base and O'Neill Cruz at shortstop or Connor Joe, right? So Carlos Santana being there makes me feel a little bit better about Car- about O'Neill Cruz. You talk about o- Michael A. Taylor helping Sawinski out because moving the right. I like that. But also again, like the Carlos Santana helps out O'Neill Cruz. It makes him better. Also, that's why these moves make a lot of sense to it. They're helping other players become better. Uh, But yeah, the Michael A. Taylor one, you know, like the offense is there, but again, for a center fielder, you don't really need offense, right? Like that's not a real position, a big position that offensively is out there. That's why like Ryan Reynolds playing center was such a huge thing because that bat. Michael A. Taylor is about a league average hitter. Good defense. Like you're looking at still like a two-war player at the end of the day. And yeah. he had a he had like this power surge last year, which is kind of interesting. I'm not sure how well it'll play at PNC, but like th- there's some intrigue. Like there's still like this, he's toolsy, you know, there's still power, speed, good mm-hmm. defense. I would take that in my outfield with Reynolds and Sawinski on each side. Yeah, I mean, he is. And I think they could use a righty bat too. Like, they're he's he he solves a lot of problems. And I I think if you if you're able to bring in a Michael A. Taylor, it just makes your roster make more sense. Because like right now they've got all these guys that you really just feel comfortable with them in a corner position, and you. As of now, you've got to play some of them in center field. You take, you bring Taylor in the mix, and he just he makes the roster make sense. Um, yeah, because they like say he's he's excellent defensively uh, in in center. Like we talk about, like Kiermaier being like probably the best defensive center fielder, you know, of all time, or you know, up there. Uh, but but Taylor Taylor's you know a, a step behind that, but still an elite center fielder. He he could he could help this team a lot and yeah the bat the bat's interesting like it's not it's not great but it's not terrible either it's not an out yeah I mean he had twenty one home runs last year he he struck he strikes out a lot but like again the defense is so good that really anything you get offensively is is an upgrade he's basically like if you had Austin Hedges but if Austin Hedges was a league average hitter or like slightly below average. You know, Brian Hayes, like Brian Hayes before last year is a good example. Like he's the, he's the center field Cabrian Hayes, like really good defensively. You see all the tools. He doesn't really put it all together at the plate, but it's good enough. And the defense is good that, you know, at the end of the day, he's still a good player. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And, and I think the best way of putting it is what you said. It starts making the roster make sense. When you guys have parts that you're trying to plug and play, he starts putting people where they belong. So there's that aspect of it. Now, what I'll say too is like when you talk about roster construction, like it's still you can't have a team of just Cabrian Hayes's, you know. So like there's that aspect. Like he, okay, he's yeah. the, he's the center fielder of Cabrian Hayes, cool. But you already have a Cabrian Hayes, and then you look at the round the you know the diamonds like. You got to find offense somewhere. Yeah. You have to have right, and, and I think there's enough of it somewhat um if things click if things work right it's a bigger story if not but like you can have a cabrian hayes and a michael a taylor in a lineup um but yeah like i don't i don't dislike this move at all if it happens um and i think what we're missing here too is again like it's not the austin hedges it's not an out it's not as a good bat but it's not terrible where the defense isn't evened out by it. Like the defense still outweighs it and the bat still is good enough that 
he's a positive player. Like again, like he's basically if you give him 500 at bats, he's basically almost like a two war player. Yeah, I mean he's you he's a that. major league he's a major league center. I mean he was a center fielder on an AL Central champion team who mm-hmm. went to the playoffs. They won playoff games, and he was a big part of that. Right. So I don't dislike this at all. Um, it's safe. I feel you know it's not like being aggressive and going out there and getting like one who can do everything. But I would take a Michael Taylor on this team for sure right now. Absolutely. And again, I think the biggest thing like you talked about. Putting Swinsky at right field now makes Swinsky better. Yep. So you've made this roster better by adding Michael A. Taylor in his production and then adding production to Swinsky. Yep. Yeah. All of a sudden you move Swinsky to right field and and you're getting eight wins out of your outfield. You know, there it all, is. when it's all said and done. I'll take that. Yeah. Especially because I think Zips released. <laughs> Today, the Dodgers thing, and I think the Dodgers outfield is like at 11. So, hey, you're only three were off from the Dodgers. That, you can't. That's, really a, cry that's not that. bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, cool. Outside of that, then, was there anything else that we wanted to dive into, discuss? Nah, let's get out of here. We've been talking enough. All right. Let's do it then. So, as always, appreciate you all for watching. We'll be back again this week. We will talk to you then. Bye-bye. See you guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.